This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello and welcome to Albion Analysis with me, Chris Hall, and him, Pete George. Well, as we mentioned at the end of the last pod, if indeed you did listen to the the last pod, um, the 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 one reviewing the Burnley game, um, we were later joined by Ali Jones of Action for Albion, and um, he talked to us. He talked us through his um, conversation with Ron Gawlani and Skidmore, which happened on Tuesday before the Chesterfield game, and Pete. And I chatted a little bit further uh, around the issues relating to Albion off the field. We had trimmed those into two pods just to make it a bit more consumable. So it wasn't one really, really long pod. But as promised, here is, first of all, Pete and I discussing the off the field issues. And then we are very shortly joined by Ali Jones from Action for Albion. Obviously, Gourlay did a series of, of interviews over the over the past few days uh, sorry uh, well it was it was tuesday wasn't it it was it was the day of the chesterfield game he spoke to action for albion and we will come to that in in a moment but he he spoke generally to the press as well and he spoke to them about a number of topics um the finances the loans um the general running of the club um where we are in terms of transfers and everything like that and I have to say, I appreciated his honesty to a to a certain degree. I do, I take some of what he said with a pinch of salt. I mean, for example, he pointed to um, our transfer business in the summer as um, as a show of our sustainability um, in in the transfer market. I'm sorry, but I I don't see handing the kind of contracts out that we did to Wallace and Swift and Yukoslu as an example of sustainable transfer business. I, I, I think he's, I, I, I think he's trying to pull the wool over our eyes a little bit there. Um, I appreciate what he's saying because he, he pointed to the fact that the only transfer fee he spent whilst he's been at the club was 
Brandon Thomas Asante. Okay, but you 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 brought in Wallace and Swift and tied us to three and four year contracts on uh, on those two guys and that you know that they are uh, they are they are they are a long term commitment to this football club so i'm not i'm not buying that side of it from ron gourlay i think uh, I, I think the the idea that the business in the summer was as sustainable as he makes out that it was is journalistic license at best i would uh, i would say but nonetheless, I appreciated his honesty, um, and I appreciate. I also thought he was extremely bullish about what he said around uh, around the owner, and I thought it was a you know a fairly brave stance that 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 he that he took around the owner. It was a very interesting one where uh, uh, Rob Gurney uh, from uh, BBC Radio WM asked him at one point. At what point, uh, where where the loan has been defaulted on enough times, do you resign? And he actually it caught him off off guard a little bit, and he took he took a breath, and he kind of went, "That's a great question, Rob." And the answer is, I don't know. And he just went on to basically say, "But I'm not a quitter." But I thought he took a bullish stance and was very it, it's 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 unusual to hear an employee criticize his employer in in quite the way that he that he did. But I, so I appreciate that side of it, and I say I, I I took some of it with a pinch of salt. Just before we 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 throw to Ali, who I'm I'm delighted to say has just has just joined us from Action for Albion, Pete. Just what were your overview thoughts of everything you've seen from from Gourlay this week? Well, I think he, I think it was useful that he actually came out and spoke to people because um, obviously the, the silence from him for the past however many months has has been a massive issue for supporters just the lack of communication towards them um i think he kind of said what we'd expect him to say to be honest um apart from he was critical of lie which is a bit of a surprise but in terms of the loans there wasn't a lot of new information um i agree with you about the, the transfer business i'm not sure how that's a sign of um doing things cheaply because obviously wallace and swift and yukuslu will all be on on big contracts um, that are going to cost the club long term. So I think it would have been interesting to hear what he actually thought about the um, finances in the next few seasons for Albion. If they don't go up, I think he kind of deflected that question from what I've seen into, look, we're trying to do things cheaply um, and scout players that are are going to be relatively cheap for the club. And in fairness, Thomas Asante was, but I think the other three that we've named, despite being freezed, aren't going to be cheap for the club in the long term. And I'd be surprised if we can afford them as well as the rest of the squad, if we're in the championship for the next two or three years. But um, obviously credit for him to actually coming out and speaking to people and a massive credit to, to Ali for just organizing the whole, um, the whole action for Albi and the protests. And, and I think, yeah, credit for getting to a point where he's actually been able to speak to, to Gourle and the club. Absolutely. And uh, Ali, I'm delighted to say, joins us from Action to Albion. First of all, welcome to Albion Analysis. Uh, Ali, great to have you on. And just want to say from Pete and myself, we're, we're a big, big fan of everything that, that you guys have been uh, have been doing. I mean, look, something, some noise had to be made. I think we all know that. But 
I think the concern when, uh, and we've seen it, we've seen it recently with um, with Everton and reports of directors getting put in headlocks and Anthony Gordon getting his car chased down the road. That these things can very, very easily go from protest to civil disorder. And I'm, I'm just so proud of Action for Albion that you guys have kept it the right side of the line. And we praised you on last week's pod for keeping the media on side where, as I say, just using Everton as the example where it hasn't quite gone the way that they would have liked, you know, they, they've been roundly criticised in in the media. So big, big fan of what you're doing. Uh, afternoon, gents. First of all, thank you very much for having us on. And I'd like to offer uh, uh, back the, the thank you for the support that you've given us. We, we listen intently to everything. Um, don't always agree with on the pitch, but that's absolutely fine. That's what the podcast's for. Um, for, for but the the vehicle you've given and, and the support you've given us is, is really really important in our growth, and we really appreciate that. So um, yeah, for, thank you very much for those kind words. It was it was something that was very close to my heart um, that we made. We wanted to make a difference, but somebody said to me when I started all this, you you won't get anywhere if you use violence instead of dialogue, and I, and I've tried to carry that through with everything that we've possibly done. So um, it's difficult sometimes. I mean, you have got some militant edges that want to have more action and that's absolutely fine. And that's their, that's their belief. And that and they think that that's the way for their voice to be heard. We wanted to do things differently. And we're very, very proud of the organisation that we've got, that we've now got to a point where we're having, and it has to be important and, and really dialogue to make change at the football club. We made it very clear when the olive branch was grasped by Ian and Ron and absolutely agree with everything you've said credit to, to them for doing that. But we're not going to be the sort of organisation that's just going to have the pat on the head and the tummy tickled and say, thank you very much, off you go. Absolutely not. So when we, when the olive branch was grasped, we made, I had a 45, 50 minute conversation with Ian about various things. And I made it abundantly clear. And just and in fairness to the club, I've got to give them credit. They've done exactly what they said they were going to do. The, the minutes were always a sensitive issue. Uh, what was going to, they're going to dock to them? Well, they didn't. And as I said, for me, it's, it's common business practice that you send minutes out to the people that were in the minutes before you publish them. That's what, that's what the minutes are for. We did that. They came back within five hours. And I can honestly tell everybody, and if they want to have the, the transcript that we sent to the club, that's fine. But they actually added to the minutes, not took stuff away. Um, I hope that I've built a platform, and sorry, not I, that's the wrong word. We, as Alcatraz for Help, have bought a plat- built a platform that we enable our fans to trust what we're saying. Because we've not led them up the garden path once. There's nothing to hide. They are the minutes that we had at the meeting. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just delighted you've had that platform. As, as everybody who listens to this podcast knows, obviously, I am a former employee of the football club and a former employee of the of the club's communication department. And I, I, you know, I, I had the pleasure of working with Ian Skidmore for for many years, so I, I know him, and I know he's, uh, I know he's a good guy. And I've always said that my honestly held belief is that the lack of communication 
from the football club has not been any desire from the actual communications professionals within the football club to not communicate, but instead has been because the people at the very top of the football club don't want to, don't want to communicate. But it's great that you got in a room with them. And I think that is, I think that's a testament to the way that Action, Action for Albion have gone about things the right way. And I have to, I have to say, Ali, I mean, look, we will honestly never know the answer to this question, but obviously there was a press briefing on Tuesday. Day and then there was then there was you guys in the room. I, I think probably the press briefing has probably happened because you've got to a point where they felt that they were going to engage with you, and that's facilitated the press briefing as, as well. So I think not only have you have you got the fans a voice, but you've actually also got the, the media an audience with uh, with with Ron, which which I think is 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 so so important. But just straight to that meeting. Ali, yeah. how did you feel it went? Yeah, sorry, I'd like to just add, say just a couple of things with, with what you've just said. Um, so I agree with everything you've said. Um, however, I will point out that um, I think the only justified and justifiable criticism that we had for the, and, and we've got to separate this, the football club board versus the holdings board. The only criticism we had was that the communication has been abysmal. And I think uh, it's fair to say that that was true. Uh, and we absolutely made that point face-to-face with Ian and Ron. And they took that, in fairness, they took that criticism on board. And at some points they agreed with it. At some points they tried to justify it. That's their jobs. They've got to do that. I understand that. But they, they also accepted that they could have done things better. Uh, and hopefully now we can help them at the end of the day. Just, Chris just on that, Ali. Can I just ask? Yeah. Was, was there any specifics you pointed to? Because the point at which we 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 started to really hev- heavily criticise the lack yeah. of communication from the club on this podcast was around deadline day, and I just wonder yeah. whether that was uh, the, the lack of communication around specific events was raised. We, we, yes, we did. We asked that, and, and, and in fairness, Chris, and, and please don't think I'm being a politician here. That there's other reasons as to the whole debacle which it was of transfer deadline day wasn't fully disclosed and it's not for me to say that um there, there was there was i think there were okay the, the, i think the one i'm trying to say is they were trying to protect employees more than throw people under a bus which was the explanation we've been given that's not right but what they have done is they've made put procedures in place to ensure that anything like that will never ever happen again and as a business in anything if you if you if you learn from your mistakes and it was a mistake then that's the positive thing to happen, really. Yes, it was not ideal in any way, shape or form. And it was a bit, it's so embarrassing that what what happened happened, but it did. And all you can do, you can't change the past, you can only change the future, can't you? So they've, they've put things in place to ensure that that will never happen again. And that's great to hear. And and look, I I completely accept that. You know, I mean, the, the, it's worth remembering that the people who work there are normal people on normal salaries. These are not people on yeah. multi million pound footballer salaries. And you know, the the, the and and they they they're not they're not there to be thrown to the wolves of uh, of the media. This is my own personal view, not actually for Albion's view, and it certainly wasn't mentioned at the meeting. My view point is that it got so far down the line where there was no communication, it became sometimes more difficult to open that communication line back up, I guess. But I mean, like, I can only speak from our Action for Albion. We we first initiated contact around just after Christmas, uh, maybe January. I can't remember the exact dates. I'm sorry. Is that but, the open letter? Yeah. Uh, 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 and 
they've acted on that and we had a meeting by the end of January. I think that's more than reasonable, to be honest. I mean, yeah. as I say, I'm not, I'm not ever, ever do anything will to harm the football club. But I'll say it as a seat and I'll try to be straight down the line. I think the communication's been abysmal. But since they've opened communication lines with us, it's been great. And what we want to do is to continue to build on that. We can help. This is We started this, Chris, uh, to, to help everybody at the football club that's associated with the football club, that loves a football club. It was never a personal agenda. It never will be a personal agenda. Action for Albion is all about wanting West Brom to be better every single day. That's all that we want to do. Uh, and we believe that we've now got, what, in excess of 7,000 people that care for Albion, that follow us on various social media platforms, that we can provide a voice to help the club. It's never, ever been a voice about battering the club. It's, it's nonsensical to me, that sort of notion. We love, live and breathe West Bromwich Albion Football Club, so why would we ever want to harm it? It's just preposterous that people have tried to have accused us in the past of, oh, you're causing trouble for trouble's sake. We're not. We're highlighting issues to try to make West Brom better. That That's simply what we're, we're, this club's about, these, these uh, organisations are based. And I also think you've away. helped the atmosphere at the ground at times. I, I think so. I think so. But I mean, look, that, that, that's me probably me putting my action for Albion glasses on. But I mean... No, I, I, but, I, 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 look, I haven't, got a, I haven't got a dog in this particular race, Ali. I, th- I think you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm a season ticket holder. I'm, I'm there every week, and I, I think I, I, I think some of the some of the some of the action for Albion protests, some of the the shine a light. I think it's actually a special moment in the game. Yeah, well, I, I think so as well, and I think what it has done. Uh, whoever thought of it, because again, everything that we've done has come from our fans, and I can't remember who to give the exact praise to who thought of shine a light, but. It's really took off because it's a marketing wet dream, let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. It's brilliant. But what it also does, it signifies in the ground. And when the local press are, are there, but then when it's on television and the national press got hold of it, that's really where it makes a difference. And what is better in the national press? Having 20,000 lights shining or seeing a load of tennis balls get thrown onto a pitch and they can talk about it for five minutes and then it's forgotten about. The thing is with that, what we're trying to do, we want to have things that resonate with people. And I've, I've, I've been on men. I've, you probably have a, a laugh and a joke really, but I've been on, I can't countless podcasts and things like that. And I've probably sound a bit like a parrot, but for me, I watch and, and, and I try to, to learn about how you get your message across and you get your message across by repeating the same rhetoric everywhere you go so you're consistent in everything that you say. So, yes, they'll take the mickey out of me for saying about season ticket all 41 years, sat in the same seat, blah, blah, blah. But I'm trying to build the story to show that we're passionate of West Brom longevity, West Brom season ticket holders, fans that really care about this football club and will do anything to protect it. So that's when we 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 have that been on that many podcasts, etc. That we hope we've give, given a consistent message throughout what we're about and what this this uh, organisation is about, Chris. That's what basically, and if we've done that, we've done a good job. No, I think you've done a great job. I think you've done a great job with the cloning technology to actually get multiple Ali Jones just to make being on that many podcasts possible. <laughs> if you could just turn that technology to cloning Jed Wallace, that would be really helpful. Um, yeah. But 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 look, Ali, I think the big thing that everybody obviously wants to talk about is the finances and the yes. financial situation of the club as a whole and also the loans. Yeah. We've obviously seen what 
has been uh, has been written in the press and has been on yep. um, WM and places like that. As you came out of that meeting um, on Tuesday, yep. what was your understanding of the financial situation, the loan okay. situation, and did you learn things that you didn't know before you went into that meeting? Yeah, I think I think the first thing I learned more. I think the first thing I learned is. Um, I, I was, I'm a salesman by trade, Chris, and my job is to read people and, and, and to understand very quickly whether the people are wasting my time or they're actually genuinely interested in what we're about. It doesn't matter what you're selling or buying. It's that, that's the same thing for me. So I was very interested to listen and observe what the two people in front of me were saying uh, and whether I believed them. And I absolutely categorically say I bought into, yes, they are working for the best of West Bromwich Albion Football Club. And I think we'd be in a worse mess if especially Ron wasn't there. And I'll tell you why. Because I think he's been very brave in taking the stance that he's taken because he could quite easily have said to us and to Rob Gurney and all the guys who do a fantastic job in the local press, look lads, there's nothing I could do. I'm doing my best but I can't do anything. But he, he, I think he fronted up and gave the best possible answers and the most truthful answers he possibly could. Now, there'll be criticism saying that, oh, well, there's no point in sitting in his ears, that he's the monkey, not the organ grinder. Well, I think that's wrong. I think that and we've changed our, if, if you'll notice in the last week, we've changed the the badge, uh, our badge of support, support the team, not the board, to support the team, not the owners, because actually that's a very important point. I think the West Bromwich Albion Football Board are doing their best under a really tricky situation. And I think that we'd be in a lot worse mess if Mr. Gourlay wasn't at the football club. And that's what I learned from taking out of that football club, uh, from, from that meeting, sorry. Because I was the same as everybody else. You hear the the experiences that Reading had and things like that. We don't know the full story. That, that's an absolute fact. We listen to the same boats from disgruntled Reading fans. All I'd suggest is there's a lot easier to go on social media and find disgruntled fans than it is to find happy fans. So that's, there's normally two sides to every story and the truth is somewhere in the middle. So for me, I wanted to listen to my own and give my own view. And my own view is that I trusted what he was saying and I believe that he's trying to do the best for the club. I think it's a very difficult job. And I tell you, when I think it's time to worry is when there's a space at the exe- in the training ground or the, gra- in the football club with the chief executive officer with no car in that car park space. Because if we have got to that, we're in a real mess. I think it's worth emphasising as well when you when you say you've made that distinction in in your in your mantra, um, changing it from support the team, uh, not the board, to support the team, not the owners, is that we've had the same owners over the last six years who have got us into this mess. We haven't had the same board, so yeah. to. Uh, as much as and we we've been we've been vociferous in our criticism of of Ron Gourlay and as as you may have heard when you, when you joined us when we were finishing off our chat before we, you know Pete and I do think that Ron Gourlay does have to take a certain level of responsibility for some of the contracts that were signed this summer that he he says were sustainable transfers Pete and I don't agree I don't I don't think signing up Jed Wallace to a four year deal on the kind of money that he will be in uh, be on is the sort of thing that a club in our financial situation should be doing. But that being said, it, it, it is very much 
the tip of the iceberg when you go into why we're into this financial uh, financial yeah. situation. And I think I think as much as Pete and I have been vocal about some of our displeasure in some of the things Ron Gourlay has done, I think even we would be the first to admit that he did not create the vast majority of this problem. No, I think I think individual transfers and things like that. To be honest with you, it was the first meeting. It was more of a global thing that we 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 wouldn't have even discussed. Can we afford OK Swift and Wallace over the next four years? It's something that we can potentially pick up at the next meeting. And as I say, we'll ask that question. Anything that people want to ask us to ask, it's a fan organisation. We'll listen to all of the fans that want us to ask these questions. That's what it's about. But I think as a global, I think uh, the, the the what we spoke about was more to do with. Not so much the loan, because I think we're all sort of respectable, sort of adult people. We understand that that loan, you never ever, well, I think Ron said this and he's bang on for me. You're never going to get a self-sustaining business model in the championship without parachute payments. And at the time when we were looking, we had no choice but to take that loan. I, I firmly believe that because you've got a choice of two things you've got to do. You either get investment from a benefactor, which was obviously not forthcoming, or you get an investment through borrower, borrowing money because you need that cash flow to complete trading in the way that you're doing. And I think that when you're looking at those choices we had, the first choice was off the table. So we made the second choice. With regards to the MSD loan, is it ideal? Well, no, it's not. But I'd rather have another crack at two years and trying to make a competitive budget in this league and trust the manager that we've put in place that's made amazing strides to what where we were than have to do the Armageddon scenario of using a, a fire sale, if you like. Now, in two years' time, will there be an Armageddon? That's a question we asked. Is there a plan in two years' time? There is plans, but they're liquid because we have to see where we are at the time. Who's to know that in two years' time, we might have a wonder kid that comes through and all of a sudden he's worth 30, 40 million quid. It's a very difficult thing to plan in a, in football in two and a half years' time. If somebody had told us that Grady get Dean Garden when we bought him for for uh, from West Ham was worth what probably half of what the investment that we made for him, would anybody have believed that when we actually signed him? The answer to the question is no. So, I think sometimes we can get ourselves very confused with looking at long term strategies where we need to focus on the short term first and all club together and try to get to the promised land where a lot of the problems will be resolved. So Ali, just to, just, to, just to clarify the point, the, the message you got from Ron in that meeting was that um, this loan makes the club sustainable and competitive for the rest yes. of this season and all of next. And possibly into the next season. Well, it's okay. going to be used, it's going to be used to keep the club competitive if we're still in this league. Yes. Yeah, so ultimately the, the aim of this football club is to get promoted at some point in the next two and a half seasons. And yes, basically, if we're fair. not there then, then we're probably in a, more than a spot of bother. I don't I want to say, I, look, don't, I'm not, don't put that as a scam. No, 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 no. Sorry, no, sorry there, that's, there that's is unfair. An, there, is an Armageddon, there is an yeah. Armageddon scenario. And have we planned if we don't get promoted in the next two and a half years? 
the answer to that question is yes. What yeah. does the, what I'm what I'm basically saying is what does that plan look like? What I'm saying is that there is an outlying plan, but it hasn't got yeah. complete data in it yet because that'll be a work in progress, working up to that because we can either put everything that we can into getting promoted in the next season and a half. Yeah, sorry, that was unfair of me to look beyond the next two and a half seasons. But just to be clear, the the, the plan from the club is not to basically start asset stripping the squad at any point Definitely in the not. near future. It is to get out of this division and get basically try and get Premier League money into our bank account yes. at, in, in the next couple of seasons. And just to clarify one other point, Ali, because I know you were very keen going into, into the meeting to clarify this point. The full... 20 million from the MSD loan has gone into club accounts because obviously yes. there is concerns about creative uh, uh, accounting. We, we've all been very worried about this. And obviously the, the loan going out to lie makes it, it make, makes the sort of makes yep, it all very worrying, but you will, you were keen to clarify that point and you did. Yes. It was the first question. Sorry. It wasn't the first question we asked. We did the introductions and within the first five minutes of sitting down, that was the first question that we asked, is the money in the bank? And they looked at us like we were like got two heads and said, of course, it is what you're talking about. Like, and I said, well, my, my, my said, excuse us for not having a bit of trust, but I think it's a fair question to ask. Is it in the football club banks? Yes, categorically was the answer. That's that. I mean, that's brilliant to hear. That's brilliant to hear. Um, and look, I mean, uh, Pete, is there is there anything you wanted to ask around uh, around the meeting before I I ask Ali just more widely about the, the the future for Action for Albion and their relationship with the club going forward? I didn't read it in the minutes, um, but I thought I'd ask anyway. Was a and it probably wasn't mentioned because it was only a rumor, but there was a rumor going around maybe November time that the loan that was meant to be repaid. By the end of the year, the five million pounds um, was rumoured to. They're thinking about paying it as a dividend rather than as a actual yeah. cash payment. Was that mentioned in the meeting at all? It wasn't because we had the answer before. I'm if I'm honest, that it would be impossible to do that because of the twelve percent. Uh, I'm led to believe I'm not an experienced accountant, by the way, but they would have to offer a dividend to the other twelve percent shareholders, which obviously would not be uh, happen. So they would have had to notify it the other 12% of shareholders that they were going to pay through dividends and that hasn't happened. And believe me, if shareholders for Albion were are going to have a notification that there's going to be a dividend that have been, I'm sure, telling the peop- a lot of people that that was happening. So I think it's very difficult for them to pay through a dividend is, is the understanding that I've got. Okay, yeah, that's, I mean, that's promising to hear because obviously we want the money going back into the club. Yeah. I mean, obviously yesterday's revelations with regards to what the times broke, we're working on that. It's really unfair for me to comment because I haven't had a verification of it, but there is there is obviously a concern that Wisdom Smart aren't exactly what they said on the tin. Um, there seemed to be an LED screens manufacturer rather than uh, hospitality and uh, conferencing sort of company that was that was muted at, at the notes so that's work in progress and we're looking at that but as i say we are aware of it and there's work happening underneath behind the scenes to to just verify where we are with that and obviously watch online not being part of seeming to be part of the ownership structure of that of that business so again i can't really comment more than saying we're aware of it and we're looking into it Last question on the meeting, Ali. Before I quickly ask you about yeah. the, the the broader picture with um, with action for Albion. Look, uh, uh, obviously, if Lai or whoever it is that 
owns uh, West Bromwich Albion, which obviously is a question within in and of itself, started to run the club with the best interests of the club at heart, we would all be happy to have them. But at the moment, I don't think there's many fans who believe that to be uh, to be the case um and i think the preference of most supporters that certainly that i've spoke to would be that the club was sold was there any indication from gourlay as to whether there was any possibility of that happening ron asked as did it very honestly since he's been a ceo since february he's not had one phone call to talk about uh, potential investment or buying of the club Simple and straightforward as that. And he said he would have to honour to tell the club legally if he was approached about any approaches that he's had. Categorically, since February, when he took the CEO position, that hasn't happened. So I'm not saying there wasn't an interest before, and I'm pretty sure you know some people, the same as me, Chris, that there was. But since February, absolutely nothing. And that's a shame to hear. That really is a shame to hear. Ali, just uh, away from the meeting and just the broad, broader picture for Action for Albion, what uh, what are the plans, both in terms of yes. um, your your continued activity, but also I, I, I noticed very uh, one of the things that I was really delighted to see on the meeting, on the meeting mm-hmm. notes, was that you actually had a date at the end of the meeting notes for another meeting with uh, with the club. So I imagine that um, consistent dialogue is hopefully on the agenda, but it also, and also what is on the agenda for Action for Albion in terms of your activity going forward? Okay, so, um, yeah, the fixture list hasn't helped, to be honest, um, because the best time to do anything is uh, Saturday 3 o'clock games, as you could can well understand and appreciate and obviously we haven't got one till Borough which is really frustrating we've we've been reached out we've been reached out to by uh, our neighbours at Blues and obviously there's something that we potentially would like to do however their protest seems to have taken a bit of a turn over the last tonight today and um, we, we just need to discuss and, and look at the risk factors and things like that it, it would we'd only ever be by the way in the ground and we were thinking shine a light which is we're going to offer them that we do a shine a light for our for, for our 12th minute and they find a number that they want to have and we back them and ask them to back us but that's still work in progress, but obviously they want to, because they're losing a lot of games now, I think, and, and their situation seems to be of a more urgent nature than, than ours at this particular moment in time, then the, this question is still to be had about that. Are we going to continue to protest? Yes, absolutely we will. Um, the, the, there's no doubt about that in our mind. Just because we've achieved an accomplishment of speaking to the football club, that doesn't mean our work's finished and thanks very much, lads. We'll all pack up and go home. No, um, whilst there is a danger to our football club, whether that's when we sold or, and it's a when we sold, or uh, and the new owners aren't any good, we'll still be in the background working hard to make sure that our mission statement of having the best interests of the football club at all, at all times, no matter who they are, uh, it w- will stay. So long-term plans will always be looking after our football club. Short-term plans, just watch this space, keep following our media platforms. We've got another committee meeting over the next seven to ten days where we'll be discussing what else we're going to do. Anything that we will do, I'm going to get back to my mantra, will be peaceful above the board, above board and, and making a statement through dialogue, not through any antisocial behaviour. 
Brilliant. That's fantastic to hear. Uh, well, look, Ali, thank you so much for taking the time to come on no, to please. Albion Analysis. We really appreciate it. And just p- purely to say, keep keep up the good work because um, not you. only are you making a difference, but you, uh, uh, certainly speaking for Pete and myself, you're making us proud as fans in the oh, way that you're representing us. Really so. do appreciate the support. I mean, it was nice to hear when I was at Burnley yesterday, some of the lads looked like coming over and saying thanks very much. As I say, it really isn't. I'll just happen to have a face for radio as well, but it really isn't uh, about Ali. It genuinely isn't, lads. And anybody that knows me will say that it, is, it isn't. I'll just happen to be the spokesperson because I've got a big gob. It's about all of us uh, as, as a fan base getting behind the team, but making sure that we were not going to be rolled over and, and somebody's going to affect our football club from thousands of miles away. That will not happen And uh, while we're in, involved in West Brom. And again, again, thank you for giving us the showcase and the platform to be able to do it. So really appreciate the support, Chris. It's good that we've become mates as well. We used to have a little, quite a lot of debate on Twitter about various <laughs> things, but that's healthy as well. But we both got the club at heart and, uh, and we actually got to know each other. Very similar to Ian, actually. Uh, and we re- I realise that you're a really good guy. So uh, thank you very much and we'll keep in touch. No, absolutely, mate. Uh, uh, you know, always, always great dealing with you. Always great talking to you. And as you say, it's been it's been brilliant getting to getting to know you. And like, you know, we'll we'll, we'll keep we'll keep on talking because you know you're a top man as well. We'll 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 end this before it turns it turns into an on air loving. But yeah, um, but, but the, as as ever, thank you all for listening. We will be back um, after the FA Cup fourth round uh, game for another Albion analysis. But until then, thanks for listening and. Up the baggies. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.